Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Black and Blue Pod. New to the show? Let me break it down for you, nice and simple. My name's Matt McLaughlin. I am the creator and host of most episodes. On the show, I bring on friends and interview some very interesting guests. Here to talk sports, music, entertainment, and we're not going to leave anything off the table. We're here to bruise egos. My generation of common is him just being on Microsoft commercials. No running back should ever be in an MVP consideration. Eat up, bud! Eat up! We ask hard-hitting questions. Goodfellas are the godfather. This is dangerous work down here. Better guitarist with the name Jimmy. Jimi Hendrix or Jimmy Page. Are aliens real, yes or no? And have incredible moments that will leave you wondering. Thank you all for tuning in and enjoy Welcome the Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning, good afternoon, the whole shebang. I'm just going to get right into it. I'm Matt McLaughlin with Timmy Gorman. We're going to be covering March Madness. That's right. Brackets are back. We got tourneys this time around. We got conference champions crown. Uh, a lot of NFL free agency moves, but that'll be in a later episode down the line. Uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, but I did want to say rest in peace to the uh, – legendary Marvin back Marvin Hagler. I almost said Marvin Bagley. God, that would have been <laughs> insulting. Uh, Marvin Hagler, the former middleweight champ. He passed away at 66 years old. As of right now, just see, we're recording this on Monday, March 15th. It just seems like it was just natural causes. Uh, there was speculation that it was a reaction to the COVID-19 vaccine or one of the vaccines, but rest in peace to a boxing legend and a guy who defined a decade of boxing until Mike Tyson came around and just started knocking people out left and right thoughts and prayers with him and his family. Um, but that being said, uh, I'm just going to try and segue out of this, uh, NCAA tournament finally have it back. It's been two years, which is wild to me. It has been two years since we've had, uh, an NCAA tournament. If you forget two years ago, university of Virginia won, since then, uh, they're coming in shorthanded due to COVID-19 protocols. Them and uh, K- Kansas are going to be shorthanded. University of Virginia is not not getting in. Uh, C.J. Moore from The Athletic reports that uh, University of Virginia won't, get, won't travel to Indianapolis for the bubble until Friday. Uh, but Kansas, they're just waiting to see if they can get their big man, uh, David McCormick, back. And if they get Tristan... In Aruna, like Kansas, not as devastating as University of Virginia. Kansas, uh, will Kansas plays Virginia plays Ohio, Kansas plays Oral Roberts. So Kansas plays East Washington. That's who they East play. Washington. Okay, so both of those teams are going to be shorthanded. COVID whole nine yards. We'll see if they remain in the tournament. If they still remain in the tournament, uh, how they'll come out playing. We're going to get into all of our picks and predictions i just wanted to start off with the show georgetown hoyas are back we're back baby patrick ewing has revitalized this team in ways i have not been so excited for a georgetown team in years Devonte smith rivera was the leading scorer the last time i was excited about a georgetown team i've been through the Rod- rodney uh richard Pryor era or not richard Pryor, the the prior era um the, the year that it was 2012, 2013, when they lost to Florida Gulf Coast the last time they, the Hoyas Otto, were two seed. Otto, Otto Porter. Otto Porter. And that was also Devontae Smith Rivera as well. It's been so long since I've been so excited about a Georgetown team. They are taking pride on the defensive end. It looks like Ewing just brought like 
wing defenders and just brought them into the mod. Like they, he translated the 84 team, the 85 teams into the modern era. And it's absolutely phenomenal. I love what I'm seeing from Dante Harris. He is looking like an absolute beast. The mid range jumper is back, which I was really excited about seeing, watching that big East championship game. Um, but I'm just so excited about the Hoyas. You were trying to bring me down, and I will not. I will not feed. I will not feed into any negativity. I am so excited. I am ride or die with this team. Uh, we're gonna get into a little bit of uh, some early tournament predictions, and I have them going to the Final Four because I'm a deranged fan at this point. So, like I said, ride or die, and we're just gonna roll with it. We're gonna roll the dice and see what happens. But I'm so excited. This team has shooters all around. They could switch. Wahaba is a beast down low and i'm just i'm i'm so happy i'm so giddy it's so great when georgetown's good at basketball uh but timmy what were your thoughts on uh any conference championships that you were keeping an eye on uh conference like just like any team that any team that you're hot on going into this into this uh tournament this year uh, texas and uh i was a little up on them before they won it um, because every year, sorry, I'm trying to get a bracket like up and no, we're, we're going to be, I've already accepted this episode is going to be us losing track of which team is in which region. It's going to be confusing, but work with it. I can't even get like a bracket to like, it's like a, like just so I can have a bracket opening. My computer's yeah, so- a piece of shit. There you go. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Texas, um, because I feel like sorry, probably just screwed up the volume there with my hand on the speaker. Texas, um, I feel like every year there's that team that starts off hot, and then they have like a really putrid stretch and like yeah. the early to mid conference uh, phases, mm-hmm. and then they they you know they they lose they they lose like 5 of 6 or 5 of 7 or something and then they yeah. they they everyone writes them off as dead they go from like top 5 team in the country to like i don't know like they'll they'll drop maybe even out of the rankings or down to like the mid 20s and mm-hmm. then it's then you know they have the heart the heart meeting with the coach and everyone's like we're just going to start over from scratch and the whole bullshit uh UConn when they won with Kemba Walker that happened to yeah. them they 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 won an early season tournament they got all the way up to like number like three in the country I think mm. and then they dropped out of the rankings they were the nine seed back when in the old Big East the best conference to ever exist um, existed back when they had 16 teams in that conference they were the nine seed and they you know went on that magical run um, it's you know it coined the, the term who you know the phrase who could be this year's Kemba Walker which is something that I want to get into a little bit later a couple of potential candidates from multiple teams that I want to you know get into but um Came Texas today Texas uh I was looking at them because they started to pick it up again towards the end mm-hmm. um you know Shaka Smart's done it before he took yep. a he took a first four team with VCU all the way to the final four one year. Um, that wasn't the first time he did it. He had them the one year he got them. They have him in an elite eight before that too, I believe. Um, the point is Shaka Smart knows how to coach a team. 
they have their own Kemba candidate in Andrew Jones, a kid who has, if anyone is not familiar with, go look up that dude's story. Uh, he survived uh, it non-Hodgkin's lymphoma or leukemia? Leukemia. It's one of those two, leukemia. He, he, he got diagnosed with leukemia uh, halfway through his sophomore or junior season, beat it, came back, and is now their leading scorer, I believe. Um, you know, they have him. They have the inside play of Jericho Sims. So they have the right people on top of the idea that, like I said, Chaka Smart's been here before. Havoc, mm-hmm. when he wants to turn it on, can do it. And, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely a team, and they have a favorable region. They're in a region where their one seed is Michigan, a team that right so now do you want, do might you have wanna, Isaiah Livers. Do you want to get into the one seeds now just to kind of yeah. Yeah, set it up? So so the one seeds are pretty much who, who we thought they were. Illinois, right. So Illinois, uh, Baylor, Gonzaga, and Michigan are the one seeds this year. Uh, Gonzaga in the West, Baylor in the South, uh, Michigan in the East, and Illinois in the Midwest, which I just realized there's no North region. I don't know if that's a new thing, but that was just one thing. No, that, it's always it's always been that way. I don't it's know always why. Been West, it's always been West. I, I don't know. To me, that just didn't make any sense, but okay. Um, but just looking the, at the – The Midwest is the North. That's why. Fair enough. Um, so what do you think about these one seeds? I Like, to me, it feels like there's always – or every few years there's that group of one seeds. It's like, wow, we could have a year where all four one seeds make it to the final four. It goes chalk where it goes chalk. Yeah, exactly. Um, my personally, my favorite one seed is Illinois. I love Kofi Coburn. I love Ayo Dosumu. Uh, I think they are just a phenomenal duo and Illinois so deep and versatile that they can really just give anyone problems. It doesn't matter your team. They can give anyone problems. Uh, Illinois is my favorite, although I can see Michigan being a threat. I am worried a little bit with Alabama being in their region as a two seed. Uh, And Texas as their three seed. Texas has a three seed. UConn at seven. You mentioned UConn. Um, UConn at a seven is a dangerous team. Florida State at four, still really dangerous. Um, as for Gonzaga, you're you're high on the Zags. Uh, I I definitely see them having a, a good path and relatively easy path to the Sweet 16 at minimum. It's just a matter of how far does Iowa go at number two. In yeah, my but they've already they've already absolutely demolished Iowa early in the season. See, but it's it's I I get it, but it's it's March Madness. Like anything can happen. Iowa's sharpshooters catch fire. I don't think Iowa's making it that far anyway. We'll we'll get into the predictions, but I'm just saying hypothetically that these two teams do meet. It's a pretty it's an even match in my opinion. Um, Baylor in the South, I think they're gonna have the toughest one if I had to pick, just because Ohio State at two can give you serious problems, assuming you make it to the Elite Eight. Winthrop, Villanova, like that, those early matchups with North Carolina at eight going up against Wisconsin, the winner of that. Baylor, obviously, you t- you're high on Baylor. I think that could seriously give them problems just from a scoring perspective. Like, is Baylor's offense going to keep up if the defense starts breaking down and the tempo starts picking up? We'll see about that. But if I had to pick, like, there are just so many even teams that, like, obviously, it's like that every year. 
but there are so many teams that's like, yeah, this team could be dangerous or something like that. But my favorite one seed right now is Illinois. What's your favorite one seed? The Zags? I'm going to just take a guess. So it's a tie between Illinois and Gonzaga. Illinois, because of how well they're playing right now, obviously they just won the Big 12, Big 10 tournament. They probably should have been the Big 10 regular season champs too, but fucking Michigan, who they absolutely bent over a table in the uh, and the one time they met this year in Ann Arbor, mind you, too, to the tune of like a 35-point ass-kicking, uh, somehow won on a technicality. I don't even know what – like they had essentially the same record. Like Illinois, Michigan had one more win but one more loss. It, oh. I, I don't I, – I, there, there was a big debate about it. Um, but, uh, you know – Illinois is playing the best basketball right now. Um, obviously, Brad Underwood is, you know, this isn't his first rodeo, as they would say. Uh, <laughs> obviously, yes, I know I'm pronouncing it wrong. I just like to do that to be, you know, a jackass. Um, but, yeah, as you say, I had Sumo, Kofi Coburn, Coburn, however you want to say it, uh, great inside-outside combo. Um, yeah. Io, another Kemba candidate. But they also have the uh, auxiliary guys. Trent Frazier can definitely win you a game or two in this tournament when he gets hot. Um, he's a lights-out lefty shooter in the mold of James Harden, but he actually plays defense. Um, the freshman, Andre Corbella, is an absolute menace on the defensive end. Um, in that Iowa semifinal game, anyone who was watching saw it. Uh, Iowa kept trying to chip in and chip in, and every time they like someone would make a play – they got it down to five on some bullshit flagrant foul call that wasn't a flagrant foul. Like, you know, but it is what it is. And Corbello, you know, uh, just trapped uh, Bohannon at the top of the key from Iowa and, you know, just clean ass, like Allen Iverson esque, picked his pocket, like, then dove to the ground, won the loose ball, got it up in time hit the sumo streaking down for an open layup and um, it just absolutely stemmed the tide of any momentum Iowa had. So, you know, they have a lot of depth, as you said, they have a coach who knows what he's doing. He's, he's been here with Stephen F. Austin before and Oklahoma state. And uh, I just, I just like the way they're playing. Gonzaga, obviously I've been a big fan of them all year. Uh, their offense is a sight to behold. Yeah, The game against BYU worried me a little bit. It also worries me that they haven't played by the time they play their game. They will not have played a game. And so it will be almost uh, two weeks by the time they play. The next See, game but will I, be, I think be that's 12 gonna, days. I think that's going to work to their advantage because they're going to be fresh and Fuse a guy. Gonzaga is a team built yeah, on with, veterans, so I think with the way they their offenses, that's what that's when they usually get caught when when they they're sitting around being stagnant for a little bit. That's mm. what worries me about the mat is that and that that BYU game. Like, yes, there's two ways of looking at it. There's the way of looking at it is they literally beat a team by ten point eight or ten points. Yeah, that shot like. 90 like they what do they shoot like 75 percent from in the first some, half some crazy which is like absolutely insane to think about they and they still somehow won that game um but there was a lot of things they did in that game that worried me they were sloppy with the ball they they looked complacent 
And so that put me on, on pause. And then Baylor and Michigan, it's a, it's a toss-up. Baylor hasn't really looked right since they come back from COVID. Yeah. Maybe they can use these next couple of days for Scott Drew to get the team back together. Mm-hmm. Um, and everyone's kind of down on them right now. So that's another March Madness teller, the team that everyone's kind of down on. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, overcomes it. And then Michigan, their big what-if is, is Isaiah Livers playing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's still enough talent on that team with Hunter Dickerson um, and uh, where are they? Franz Wagner, Wagner, sorry. Oh, um, um, Mo, Mo Wagner's, Wagner's little brother. Yeah. Um, they had enough talent and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, regardless, uh, I like what Jawan Howard's doing there. I think it's really good that how, how he's kind of taken the, what Jane, Jim Beeline had left him and, and, and yeah. continue to going. So, um, you know, I could see it going chalk, but I could also see it where Gonzaga gets complacent and somehow Virginia shuts them down with their pack line defense or somehow uh, Austin Reeves gets hot for Oklahoma and just drops like 50 on them or some shit like that and they, they just can't hit a shot. Um, I can see where Baylor's defense doesn't work. And somehow North Carolina decides to start playing their most confident basketball of the year. Probably not going to happen, but still. Um, <laughs> you'd like to think. You'd like yeah, to you'd think. like to think. I mean, Baylor's got a lot of pitfalls in that in that in that region. You know, Villanova now has time to try to get ready without Con Gillespie. Who knows if they can figure it out? But maybe they do. Purdue could get hot at any point. Um, and they got a couple guys in that team that are really good. They're young, but they're really good. And then, as you mentioned, Ohio State has been playing phenomenal basketball all year. Uh, Dwayne Washington, CJ Walker, EJ Liddell, all three of them are really good players. And yep. then you have Arkansas, the must boss, man. Eric Musselman, he knows You're how to get a team pumped up. And uh, Moses Moody is one of the most underrated fr- – I wouldn't say um, underrated, but he's a freshman that doesn't get talked about in the same vein as Kate Cunningham when I think he should. And mm. – uh, they're playing some of the best basketball right now too, along with Illinois. So why do you think he should be mentioned with Cade Cunningham? Cause I think that's really intriguing considering Cunningham's projected as a number one draft pick right well, now. Well, First of all, Jalen Suggs is better than Cade Cunningham. I'll end that debate right now. Jalen Suggs. And that's not the takeaway from Cade Cunningham. He's a good basketball player, but if Jalen Suggs and Cade Cunningham switch places, ESPN and all the other outlets, would do what they do, would do for Jalen Suggs what they do for Cade Cunningham right now. Uh, you know, he he's good, but I think Jalen Suggs is the more rounded out package. I think he's 10 times more efficient. And I honestly believe, you know, that it, it, it all has to do with the idea that Jalen Suggs also plays on a team where he has three other players that could be national player of the year well not three two that could be in the ward in the running for the wooden award and then a third in Joel Ajayi who was probably one of the best if not the best defensive player defensive guard in the nation Mm -hmm. fair enough and um but yeah I just like I like Suggs I like Suggs better Cade Cunningham's good but I also think he can go into like a Trey Young gunner status yes and that can get them in a lot of trouble I would agree with that. I have, I have noticed that like there was a, uh, 
a heat map of uh Cunningham's like shot chart in the Big 12 championship. ESPN put mm-hmm. a graphic up there. And he was like cold outside of like top of the key three pointers. And to me, that's concerning. Like you mentioned, that's a, a big tra- concern a Trey Young running, running and gunning type guard that top of the draft. Do the Timberwolves really need that right now? No. Like no, they already have that with D'Angelo Russell. <laughs> And they ha- already have more guards in Malik Beasley and Anthony right. Edwards. So it's like, d- that doesn't make any sense. I would agree that Jalen Suggs is the more complete package and more overall rounded out point guard. It's just tough because, um, like, I'm not, how do I phrase this? Like, if I needed to go get a, if I needed a rookie to get a bucket for me, I'd, I'd go with Cunningham. As much as I hate to say that, I'd, I'd go with Cunningham. I think Suggs is a better impact, immediate impact piece, but Cunningham is just, in my opinion, just as of right now, it's not to say they're never, Suggs will never reach his level. No, it's ridiculous. Um, right. It's just Cunningham to me right now is the more ready to uh, go in and get buckets right away. But we've seen with Trey Young, that doesn't necessarily translate to wins. So we'll see how the, the Timberwolves shake that out. Um so Michigan State, somehow, some way, in the first four uh, games, they play UCLA uh, on March 18th. That is this upcoming Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Yeah. Uh, no. The, the first round is the 19th, Thursday. which is Friday. Yeah, so Thursday. Thursday they play. Thursday's uh, the play-in game. Yeah, they're in the play-in game. Wow, I'm really off today. <laughs> they play well no of- they threw they threw us off because it's usually everything starts on a thursday but because yeah. it's the bubble it's it's basically running on what the women's schedule usually runs on yeah 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 so uh michigan state plays ucla in one of the first four uh games in on thursday the 18th that's at 9 57 p.m uh strange time but whatever uh michigan state 15 and 12 ucla 17 and 9 you're w- probably wondering how the hell did these two teams get seated the same well, one's in the Big Ten and caught fire. The other's in the Pac-12, which is meh at best as a conference most of the time. Um, it's no love anymore. It's amazing how 10 years ago that this conversation would have been completely different. But, yeah, it's crazy how how little love that the, the, Pac- the, the Pac-12 regular season champ is a seven seed. It's crazy. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so what do you – I mean, obviously the winner of this, the winner of this game plays BYU – uh, in the first round, do you think that Michigan State should have been in the first four? Or do you think that I mean, because c- this was a team that caught fire towards the end of the season and really started picking up wins, so it's not like they weren't necessarily scrubbing and dragging along the entire season. But do you think that with with UCLA as a really an offensive juggernaut, like every Pac-12 team is, feels like? Do you think that Michigan State's going to drop this one, or should they just? Or is UCLA? Are, are they going to pull off the upset and somehow get to the first round? And is those well, UCLA, continues? UCLA, UCLA lost Chris Smith, which is their best player, which is going to hurt them. Um, so uh, they've they've definitely been struggling. They choked away the Pac-12, and I'm like you know, people, it's a regular season. Yeah, I know, not that much value, but you still get a rafter, you still get a banner in the rafters for those. Yeah, um, and it still means something. Um, I don't know, UCLA, I've watched a couple other games, obviously, as a Colorado fan and watching, like, Pac-12 basketball. 
they never really impressed me. Um, and also, and it's important. It's important to note UCLA has lost its last four. Uh, lost to Oregon State in overtime. And lost to Colorado. Lost to USC and somebody else. Oregon. Oregon. Was, that's uh, it. Was the other one. And meanwhile, Michigan State's coming in. Uh, won two of their last five. Again, not impressive. We're not saying these teams are. Uh, one of them was over the number one seed, Michigan. That is also important to point out. Uh, but again, these teams aren't catching fire. It was just shocking to see uh, the Spartans get in. But uh, yeah, what do you think about this game? Sorry to cut you off. There. Yeah, no, it's I don't I don't. The thing is, like, the records are so weird this year for like the way like. But I do think that the Big Twelve, Big Ten got a little overvalued like i don't understand how fucking Purdue's a four seed like i feel like they weren't ranked at all all year and now they're one of the 20 best teams in the country yeah it just boggles my mind how they're a four seed uh and you know maybe they'll prove me wrong but it you know it is what it is i I think the big 10 like Rutgers is a 10 seed like what i i don't you know like so Yes, I think a little favoritism was shown towards the conferences. That said, like the maybe like Colorado State and St. Louis are the two teams that could complain and be like, how the fuck did we not get in over these guys? Yeah. Outside of that, like I don't, there's nobody else. Louisville, like you can't get smoked by Wisconsin and North Carolina by 45 points in both those games. Not eat, not together, each. They lost mm-hmm. by 45 points two separate times. This season. Yeah. And they – you. I'm sorry. And then you lost to an undermanned Duke team that was barely 500. You don't – you know it as much as we do. You don't deserve to be in the, in the, <laughs> the tournament. So, uh, I think if anything to draw here is, hey, put Tom Izzo in and see what he does. Yeah, why not? Anything could happen you know, with an Izzo. The dude's been here and uh, Mick Cronin – He's a good coach, man. You know, he, he he constantly had Cincinnati as a top 20 team in all the years he was there. And, you know, a lot of people don't understand that the thing that he inherited from Cincinnati, like when I was growing up, Cincinnati was one of the – was the Gonzaga before Gonzaga. Yeah. They were the mid-major team that everyone loved. They played in the fucking Metro, Metro Atlanta Conference or some shit until they moved to Conference USA and then eventually the Big East and now – the American athletic, but they literally were like in the Metro conference when Bob Huggins took them to the final four with Nick Van Exel. And, you know, he, he, he took that and ran with that for years afterwards, Kenny Satterfield, Kenny and Martin, all these players that he eventually Mm -hmm. got through that program. And then when he let, when he got fired, there, it was a big scandal and there was a lot of shit that went wrong there. And uh, he had to repair him, his image since I had to repair their image of their own. Um, and they gave uh, Andy, uh, the dude eventually went to be Andy Kennedy. It was old Mrs. Coach for a while before he got fired a couple of years ago for Kermit Davis. Uh, and he didn't really do a great job, but he, he did a somewhat okay job considering the circumstances and then they fired him when a lot of people and a lot of people were upset at that because they thought that they should have, they should have showed loyalty to him. So when Mick Cronin came in, he had a lot going against them and he shrugged it off and continually, continually turned Cincinnati into a top 20 team. So um, people don't like 
because Cincinnati never really went far in the tournament. They never they thought it was a bad hire for UCLA, but he that's he went to UCLA. He's been there for two seasons. It's another program where he, he inherited a shit mess from what Steve Al, Steve Alford left left him. Like yeah, there was yeah. a bunch of top top fifty recruits and stuff, but a lot of them bailed or never panned out or they left after one year so he mm-hmm. inherited a team that really didn't have a lot going for it so to turn it around in two years and have them within like one win of the Pac-12 title it says a lot so uh, it, it's a draw to me like it, this can go either way and I can see both of these teams getting in and then taking out the uh who do they have? Who they're they're the six eleven game BYU? Yeah. So like, who says that they don't? One of these teams doesn't get in, especially if it's Tom Izzo, and then he just coaches his pants off. And I think this will be a year where veteran coaches, especially the guys like the Izzos, the Bill Selves, the Roy Williamses of the world, uh, those are going to be the most critical factors, like more than ever, because they're going to be coaches that have been in this tournament before. They understand what to go through. And Agreed. like, and keep that team calm, cool, and collected. So I took Michigan State. Well, assuming Michigan State wins, I'll I'll pick Michigan in the first four game. But I think BYU is gonna uh, bounce them out pretty. Or actually, no, scratch that. I was looking at the wrong region. Uh, I'm gonna take Michigan State. Assuming they win, I'm gonna take Michigan State to advance. But I have Texas beating them in the next round. Uh, so just to like, do you want to go through some of these predictions and? Any games that jump out to you, you want to call out do on? You, do you want to? Do you want to do? Do you want to list one or two people you think would be a Kemba, a Kemba candidate? Since that's the the, I, the cool thing to do these days. <laughs> my my Kemba candidate is Dante Harris, George <laughs> point guard for Georgetown. I this will probably turn into me just blowing up Georgetown, and I will hundred percent do that. Dante Harris is a guy. He just he does the simple things pick and rolls, mid-range jumpers from the elbow. Doesn't for like he doesn't force anything necessarily. He plays tough defense. Like he just reminds me of an AI. I'm not saying they're in the same category as uh, like player and legend and legacy and all that because you know the bloggers and everything like that. If we have bloggers that would be fantastic, but um <laughs> I just the way they play is just very similar. And Gus Johnson mentioned it on the broadcast on the big, big, uh, big East championship. He asked Dante Harris, like, Hey, are you inspired by AI? And Harris was like, yeah, who was it? Like, duh, of course. Right. And he just reminds me of an AI type character, like an AI Isaiah Thomas from the Boston Celtics, not the Isaiah Thomas. Mm-hmm. Um, he just has a great game. He has, quickness he can get to the rim he can finish through contact also javon blair also on georgetown coming off the bench he can catch fire he was launching it from deep those are two guys i'd keep an eye on i think i mean i don't even know if dosumu would even count as a candidate at this point that that was an argument that i was listening to earlier on titus and tate it's just like i feel like it's got to be somebody who's like a four seed or lower yeah i guess a three seed because Campbell was a three seed that year so it's got to be like a three seater lower and a team that necessarily like, so like Andrew Jones would have anything would be the prime one because Texas is a three seed. They caught fire. They won the tournament. They're riding high. He'd be, I feel like he's like a prime guy. Um, Like I said, Moses Moody. Well, then there's the, then I guess you could say there, and there's the, there's also the other corollary, which is the 
Carmelo Anthony one where it's a freshman who's your best player that takes you. So that would be like Cade Cunningham or Moses yeah. Moody or someone of that nature. Um, the obvious one that a lot of people, I guess, would say is James Bugnight on UConn. Mm-hmm. He's, um, he's a stud. You know, there's uh, on Florida State, you have Scotty Barnes and MJ Walker. They could do it. Um, I'm just looking at the list. You got, also, you got just, Deuce just McBride a, on West Virginia. Just a name to keep an eye on. Uh, also coming out of the Big East, Creighton, Marcus Zagorowski. He's right. not. He's another one. He's a guy that can just buckets and expect to see some outrageous stats from him even in the opening rounds of an outrageous or, behavior too he's got a very punchable face <laughs> i was thinking that in the big east tournament just dude like <laughs> i every time i watch a creighton game i'm like how have you not gotten dropped like five times already like he's <laughs> such a, he just seems like he's such an asshole to deal with um Evan Mobley would be a Carmelo guy on yep. USC. He won be he won, I think, every award that USC or the Pac-12 has to offer. Uh Chris Duarte, Oregon's star guard. What do you um, think about um what do you think about EJ Liddell on Ohio State? Because Ohio State is one of these teams well, that's so like the thing. They're they're a, they're a two-team, and I actually like the way Ohio State's been playing with him and like him and Dwayne Washington. Yeah. So I, that's why I feel I look at it and I'm like, hmm, is he a freshman, Liddell? No, I think he's a senior. Probably again, another thing I should. Well, so like Mac McClung and Taron Shannon, two other guys. Ugh, Mac McClung. I know it upsets you, but obviously you didn't win your conference championship. Ewing did it before you, so he can go suck it. Obviously, you know you're gonna show your Georgetown love. They're, They're, I'm gonna show my Colorado love. They're playing each other. So my one guy that. He has been constantly overlooked his entire career. You know, he had one D1 offer mm-hmm. coming out of high school, and that was from Archie Miller at Dayton. Archie Miller left and said he wasn't good enough to go to Indiana. So without looking at any tape, they Colorado's coaching staff found out about it from another coach who was like, hey, here's this guy. I think you should probably go look at him. So Tad Boyle, Colorado's head coach, was like, all right, turns into McKinley Wright. He's an unheralded two-star recruit who is probably the best point guard to play there outside of Chauncey Billups. He is the only player in Pac-12 history to score more than 1,600 points, have 600 rebounds, and 600 assists. Only player in the history of that conference. And think about how many great players and great teams that conference has seen. Guards alone. Markel Fultz. No, but I'm, you know, Mike Bibby, <laughs> no, Simon kidding, Miles, yeah, yeah, uh, Terrence Frost, uh, uh, dude the Trailblazers with the bad knees, Brandon Roy, Isaiah Thomas, all that's the sad. UCLA, that's just all the UCLA that... grades. I know, I feel like a dick now for not because he was such a great player. And I, I love know, Brandon it's Roy. A, no, it's just sad that that's Brandon Roy, not Brandon Roy's entire basketball career, but his, his professional that's what he's career. known, that's what he's known for. Um, you know, look at all the UCLA guys, Aaron Aflalo, Russell Westbrook was only there for a year, but like, you know, Bill Walton played all that time there, Drew Holiday. So like the fact that he is, and Bill Walton's the greatest, one of the greatest passing centers, if not the greatest passing center He's ever. the greatest. He's the greatest in my opinion. And he played three years there. And the fact that he did not have that combination together, that tells you everything you know about McKinley Wright. He is, an, he is a tough as nails, 
a little bit undersized guard who is not afraid to get in there with the trees. He can shoot it from everywhere. Mm-hmm. He's got a great mid-range game, can hit it from three. Colorado is obviously I'm always on their hype train, but they are they literally set the record NCAA record for free throw shooting percentage this year. Now and free throws haters, are gonna be huge. Free throws are gonna be and huge. Always now, all the haters will be like, Yeah, but that's what cost them the the, the Pac 12 championship game. Yeah, okay. You can have one bad game when your team collectively shoots 83.5%. People don't understand how hard that is. Yeah, because it's not just one player that is getting 13 guys or whatever to shoot collectively together 83% on the year. That's your big man. They have a center, Dallas Walton, who literally is like 7'2", has arms that can stretch probably like – they probably cover, you know, goalpost to goalpost if you're standing underneath a, fo- a, a football or a field goal. And he shot even 80% himself. So – Yeah, it's just, an extremely impressive effort, and Colorado is definitely a team to keep an eye on. They're, they're a great offensive team. The sad thing is, though, they might not make it out of game one <laughs> with how yeah. hot Georgetown is right now. And Let's then, go! And then even if they do, they have a Florida State team that I've been very high on all year. Super athletic team. MJ Walker, Scotty Barnes, Raekwon Gray. A team that Leonard absolutely Hamilton. messed up UVA, by the way. A right. Full strength UVA team by like 20. The, they, they are a team. Leonard Hamilton, when people give up on him, he always manages to take his teams to the Elite Eight. He, he just does it. He, he, but the, the second the spotlight's on him, they choke it. But the second everyone forgets about him, it's like, all right, that's like you can automatically punch us to the Elite Eight. He's done yeah. it three, three, two or three times already in the last 10 years. So um, McKinley Wright is my number one Kemba candidate. And I would say Moses Moody is my number one uh, Carmelo candidate. Fair enough. I can't, I can't argue with that. For me, it's uh, Dante Harris. I mean, if I had to pick a, a freshman to be like a mellow, I would probably pick Evan Mobley just because I think he could really help. USC just get get past a couple of tough matchups. I mean, the uh, Enfield's been there before, Dunk City. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so let's go through, like, let's just work in Sweet 16. I'm not going to go through round of 64 and round of 32. Right. Let's go Sweet 16 in um, just to kind of get predictions and see how, if we're close or not. So I got, let's start in the West. In the West, mm-hmm. I have I have Gonzaga and Creighton and then USC and Iowa. Uh, so I have Gonzaga, the Creighton one, I think I actually, because just because I hate them and I know it's probably wrong, but us Santa Barbara, the Gauchos watch out for them. I watched that get championship game. They're fun, man. And they can, they can get up and down the floor if they want to, which might play in the Creighton's hand. But at the same time, I just have a feeling Creighton's going to come out hungry after getting but I don't know, man. I think, at I think there's a lot champion. of issues. I think there's a lot of issues going on right now with that team. I think McDermott's I think whatever there. I think whatever happened there with McDermott, there there's something, and I don't think he's going to survive the off season. Yeah, um, just look up Greg. and you'll know what we're talking about. Yeah, it's we're yeah, let's exactly. We're not even going to breach the subject for that reason alone. Um, Virginia is Virginia, so like you know, it wouldn't surprise me if somehow. Ohio or USC, 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 UCSB, God, 
got <laughs> somehow got there. Um, so yeah, See, that's, I mean, that's where anything, things I'd, I'd say Creighton. That's where things are intriguing for me because I really think that shorthanded, like getting getting too indie oh, yeah, by like, and, Thursday or Friday, is really going to hurt UVA. And I actually have Ohio the upsetting thing, them first yeah. round. I yeah, actually have, and Ohio that's what I'm saying. I think that could be the one, the one time, the one bracket where you see the 12 versus 13 in the round of 32. So I'm going to say Gonzaga, UC Santa Barbara. Uh, you have them going to the Sweet 16. Yeah, why not? Okay, okay. I'm just making double checking. Screw it. Just why not? Why not? And <laughs> you know, you got to take some. It's not like we're 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 making we're betting millions of dollars here. No, uh, you said you you said USC over Kansas. Yes. I actually had Eastern Washington upset in Kansas. We're, I'm going. Oh, uh, see, I had I had Wichita State or Drake taking out USC and Kansas getting to the. If Wichita State does get into that first matchup, I, that does give me concern about USC. But I think USC. Well, Drake had a good year too. Drake did, but like USC against Drake, that's not going to yeah, give Evan me as Mobley, much fear. You know, Evan Mobley could probably just dominate them themselves. Yeah. Um. Kansas, the big thing with Kansas, if they get David McCormick back, yes. then they're that then they become a handful. Um and I had Oregon. I have Oregon beating Iowa. I have VCU. I, I, I think Iowa's the most un- overrated team in the country. I <laughs> honestly your, just I don't made, get it. You made your thoughts well known. Uh my thing is that I think they're gonna get to the sweet sixteen and then that's when the the three-point shooting is going to get cold, and they're going to start being short. It's all but... about it's all about Luca Garza. Do the refs give him the calls, or do they call it, or they do they not? And I all that's they do. when the, that's when it goes. Yeah, and I would I also would love to see like a potential Mobley versus Garza matchup on like a. Switch. Oh great! You know what? Yeah, fuck it. For that reason, USC Iowa round of or Sweet Sixteen. That would be a great matchup. All right, so let's, I, oh wait, big news in the refing front. Ted Ballantyne's out of the NCAA oh, tournament. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so for those Oh my god, dude, those, I saw that. I saw that headline. For those and for, I this, was, oh, for yes. those who may not be aware, um six NCAA referees were sent home due to uh, one COVID test positive test and uh, contact tracing protocols. One of which included TV, Teddy, Teddy Valentine. <laughs> yeah, I want to make that a gift. Um, Timmy's reaction says it all uh, as a college basketball fan. Fuck you, Ted Valentine. You suck at your job. You shouldn't have it anymore. I am so happy. I don't have to watch you ruin young 18 to 22 year old kids dream of winning an NCAA championship this year. Go enjoy it on your couch, eating Fritos or chips or whatever the hell you eat. I don't care. You're gone. I don't have to see you on my TV screen for another nine months. Thank God. So he is gone, which uh, brings into question, will this lead to the NCAA potentially kicking the tournament down the line? We'll see. I don't think it will. Uh, They need this tournament more than anything. Um, But, yeah. Well, it was just another COVID headline, and Timmy's reaction says it all. Uh, so let's move to the to the South. Uh, okay. Baylor. So Sweet Sixteen. I have Baylor, Purdue, and Texas Tech and Ohio State. Oh, oh, I have 
Baylor, Purdue, Arkansas, Ohio State. Okay, must, so t- must, baby. Moses yeah. Moody. <laughs> You're on the must bus. All right, enough said. Uh, Midwest, I have Illinois, Oklahoma State, West Virginia, and Houston. I think Houston's going to make a pretty decent run here. But I honestly uh, think that I can see I can see Houston being the first two seed done. Uh, I can see somehow like to Rutgers or State? Clemson, oh, okay. Rutgers or Clemson, somehow one of them winning. But I everything else I agree with Illinois. Whoever wins that Oklahoma State Liberty game is going to the Sweet 16 because Oregon State isn't that good. And yeah, once again, oh, this is going to be Colorado. No, I just, they have two players and they're very dependent on those two players hitting a bunch of threes. And the second those two players go cold, they're screwed. Who are those two players? Uh, Ethan Thomas and something Lucas. I'm testing your journalistic preparation in this one. Ethan Thompson. Thompson. And Seth Lucas. Jared Lucas. That's it. Jared Lucas. Okay. Uh, yeah. And then they have their big man, this Abdul Alatisha guy. He's just like a he's one of those like walking sticks that just doesn't six, know what he's seven, doing. Six seven, two hundred pounds, he's listed as. Yeah, he's just he's yeah. just he he's not yeah, he's not that good. Um it's Oregon State basketball. And then on the flip side, like Tennessee, I don't, you know, they have two young kids in Keon Johnson and uh, Jalen Spriggs or Spriggs. Uh, impressed either, but Rick Barnes knows how to do it. But I just, I just see whoever wins that Liberty game. Liberty's a good team. They're, they're, they are a solid squad. Yeah. Whoever wins that game between them and Oklahoma State, I think that whoever comes out of that matchup is going to the Sweet 16. West Virginia. And like I said, I think Houston's the first two seed to go down. And uh, you know what? So do you have Rutgers? Screw it. Let's just uh, yeah, let's let's throw throw Rutgers some love. You know what? No, Clemson. It's Clemson. I can't even do that. (laughs) I think Rutgers, I think Rutgers is gonna be much tougher defensively, which is why I'm gonna take uh, Rutgers in that opening matchup and then they're gonna fall to Houston because I don't think that success is gonna carry over. I know, and I love Kelvin Sampson. You think he's a great coach? I just, I haven't, I haven't been. I think Houston got got fat off of an easy schedule. All right, like they uh, haven't really beat anybody. Let's. What is what is the the BPI say? They won, yeah. <laughs> won against Texas Tech, beat Wichita State, beat Boise State. Oh boy, that's not good. Uh, Memphis and SMU. They won twice. Uh, yeah, none of the, the – Yeah, the, not impressed. The Texas not. Tech and Wichita State, your two best wins. Okay, cool. Like, that's that's like – if you're a Missouri Valley school, yeah, that matters, but you're not. You're you're in the AAC. That's – you know, after the Power Five, that's the next big one. Yeah. Uh, so, East region, I have Michigan, Georgetown, Texas, and I have Iona. I have Iona. I am riding the Patino train. Well, first of all, Buck Rick Pitino, he's a scumbag. Yeah. Listen, I'm not here to get into a philosophical debate. <laughs> Save that for some other people. Um, but I'm not going to pretend like Rick Pitino is the first guy to like pay recruits and stuff like that. I'm oh, just... it's not the it's not the pain of the recruits. It's the other shit that he yeah. did that really is like. I can understand you know, that, but I'm riding Iona. We're going, baby. Um, so 
Mine, what did you say yours were again outside of Iona? Uh, Texas and Michigan and Georgetown because I'm riding the Hoyas all the way to all the way to the final four, baby. Okay, so I'm doing Michigan. I'll give you a guess on who they're playing in my bracket. Colorado. Yep. <laughs> just to, just go to, Buffaloes. I mean, if, if you're doing it with Georgetown, I'm going to do the same thing. No, I know. You know I get not? it. I get it. Well, why not? Yeah. Why not? Why just, just have some fun with it, right? It doesn't have to be that serious. <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, not breaking Texas, the bank and Al- Texas and Alabama. I like Alabama's, that Alabama. Alabama's scary, man. Yeah. Uh, John, John Petty. Um, he, he's really good. Uh, they also got uh, Jaden Shackelford and uh, Herbert Jones. Sorry, I can't even remember my own handwriting. But, uh, you know, John Petty and uh, Shackelford together are two really good players. And then Jones locks it down low. Um, Nate Oates is a really good coach. We saw it a couple years ago when he took a Buffalo team mm-hmm. that, you know, upset uh, a high, oh. a heavily favored Arizona team that had DeAndre on it. Yeah, and then was, I had that team going to the championship. Didn't God they damn. take? Didn't they take uh, Kentucky to? Didn't they challenge Kentucky pretty well? Yeah, yeah, I remember watching I that game. I, was at a, I, was at a I don't know if it. Night. I don't know if I, it went to, to overtime. The, I had to leave the hotel for the reception that when the, that game started, so I can't remember <laughs> now. <laughs> but I remember everyone sitting around at the banquet table and watching Loyola Chicago knock off Tennessee. We were all sitting around at the table watching that that shot go in for little Chicago when the Sister Jean train got started. Oh yeah, the Sister Jean. She wants to go back to the NCAA tournament this year, and I don't blame her. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Elite Eight, uh, I got Gonzaga and USC in the West, and then I have Baylor and Ohio State in the South, uh, and then I have in the Midwest Illinois and West Virginia. And then Georgetown and Texas in the east. You said Gonzaga and USC? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I, I mind Gonzaga, Oregon. Okay, I not completely is what off. I, is what I said. Um, VCU is just then, always a team that, like, is tough come tourney time, and I have a feeling they're going to do the same against Oregon. So I had them upset. Yeah, but Dana Altman loves taking a, uh, a low seed – on a little bit of a run, even if it's just a sweet mm-hmm. 16. Yeah. Um, then you said what? Uh, you said Baylor, Baylor and Ohio, Ohio State. I had Baylor, Arkansas. Arkansas is a team that, like, I can't figure out if I want them in there or not. I know, because Ohio State's good, and it pains me to say that because I loathe anything that has to do with that university, just like Alabama. But Trust me, um, you're talking to a Penn State student. I know yeah. best. I have so I have I have Baylor, Arkansas, Illinois, which you I, have. I had Illinois and West Virginia. Yeah, I, think, I had I that. Bob Huggins. I have that too. This is the year. yeah. I think Deuce. I think Deuce McBride is going to get hot. Yeah, Truck Bryant isn't that? It was Daryl Truck Bryant. I think his name. His nickname. Was. I don't know his nickname. He just listed as Daryl Bryant. <laughs> he was a he was a guard, right? Yeah. Average uh, 11, 11.8 points, two point nine assists. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Daryl Truck Bryant. There you go. Yeah, towards ACL, like with like five minutes ago in that game, it sucked. Oh, oh. It was so sad to watch. 
Um, but that was one of Bob Huggins' first, like, press Virginia teams. But, yeah, I can see Deuce's, Deuce McBride or Miles McBride is his real name, but everyone calls – he goes by – I guess they call him Deuce. I can mm-hmm. see him kind of taking over and, and taking having a run there. Um, so, Illinois, West Virginia, and then what you say, Michigan or Georgetown, Texas? Georgetown, yeah, Georgetown, Texas. I think Texas yeah, is going to Co- get hot. Colorado, Texas. Yeah, works. Uh, who cares? Um, so, final four, I have Gonzaga and Georgetown and, and Baylor and Illinois. This is the most whack-ass final four. Uh, I have. Uh, I just have replaced Texas with Georgetown. Uh, so who do you have in the national championship? Oh, actually, you know what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, Baylor, Gonzaga. I have Gonzaga in Illinois. Which, yeah, I, I, I'm. I, I've done like it, three brackets, and I've I flipped on each one. Oh, and these brackets are going to change. Like it's. Oh no! Yeah, it's like it's like. <laughs> like this like is going to happen. It. Yeah, I have, uh, I have Illinois winning it all. I just, I just, it just I'm seems so like a sold. cop out. It seems like a cop out when you have when like, and I know it's not because this year it seems like the three the three number one seeds we have going in there are just as good. Yeah, but like it seems like a cop out when it's like, oh, there's just three number one seeds, and it's like, yeah, what are you gonna do? You know, like I don't, you know, so. Uh, I think that this is just like me not overthinking, and I'm just like, all right, I'm gonna yeah, rock with Illinois. Well, I think Baylor has an easy run to the Sweet 16 at the least, or to the Elite Eight at the least. I don't think there's a there's a team in that that top after the bracket that can really really threaten them. I just, as long as they start playing defense again, you know. Yeah, I, I don't know. I That's just what got I'm this gut. At. I got this gut feeling about UNC. As much as I love UNC, and I know they've been bad this year. I know, to, but here's the thing: they either lose in the first round or they'll fucking go to the elite eight. Yeah, it's insane. It's uh, so dumb. I just think like the Roy Williams factor is just huge for me. At Purdue, like I am getting concerned about Purdue, uh, because I was it was it two years ago or three years ago they were on four seed again, and I had them going pretty far to the Sweet Sixteen, and then they got bounced out in the first round. That was three because two years ago they lost in overtime to Nova in the Elite Eight. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a great game. It great was a great game. game. Uh, that was so, uh, that was the what's the small dude's name? It's on the Celtics. That's on the Celtic. Oh, Carson Edwards. Yeah, he, yeah, he, yeah. He had a monster tournament. He did. I was surprised like no one picked him up, but small guards. Um, Jaden, Jaden, Ivy, and Trevi, Trevion Williams are produced two big guys to keep an eye out on. So who do you think, like, we obviously, there's the Cinderella predictions and everything like that. You have a one or two Cinderella teams that you're keeping an eye on? So it's always not like a team that like no one, right? Like, cause everyone's like, Oh, Liberty. And I, you know, I, I myself have said it here, like, Oh, Liberty, watch out for them. And it's like, uh... who says Georgia tech just doesn't keep this going. You know what I mean? Who says yeah. it, like they, they don't. That know, would be Josh, the team. Josh that... Passner, by the way, just seems like the nicest dude in the world. <laughs> after listening to him on the pot on Titus and Tate today, like, he just seems like just a great dude. He finally got a team with players that bought in. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they have Moses Wright, who's the ACC player of the year. They have Jose Alvarado, who's the ACC defensive player of the year. 
who says that they just don't catch fire? And I know yeah. Illinois is hot, but it's like in uh, 2004, Stanford was like the it team. They they went undefeated until the last game of the year, and um, Nate Robinson and Washington beat them. Okay, this is 0304 season, and then they were it was like everyone was like, ah, oh, whatever, it's not a big deal. That you know they're getting in the tournament, and then they lose the second weekend of the tournament, the Alabama, the second game of the tournament, the Alabama. Yeah. No, that's definitely possible. And I think Georgia Tech is a team that has a chip on a shoulder, like Alvarado. Uh, really impressed me with his defense. Like you mentioned, ACC Defensive Player yeah. of the Year in that, in that championship like, game. LSU could do the same thing. You know, they have a trio of players. They have Trenton, Wat- they have Trenton Watford. They have um, Cameron Thomas who and Javante Smart, who all three of them, if they decide to get hot, you know, they, they – I have the Bonnies. Like I think the lead. Bonnies are going to catch fire. That's the thing. That's the thing. LSU's another team. You get out of that first game. They, if Isaiah Livers isn't playing for Michigan, I can see Javante Smart and Trenton, Wat, Trenton Watford mm. absolutely lighting up Michigan's perimeter. It is. It is. It's tough to see where that scoring for Michigan's going to come from, assuming Livers doesn't go. Wagner is a great big man, like his like his brother. And Dickinson's yeah, but, and been th- solid, but that offense is just solid, completely different. Long. That offense yeah. is just completely different without livers. They don't, they don't have, have, yeah, they don't have that floor general uh, to really attack the pain and and stretch out defenses on the perimeter if he wants. That's to. what I'm saying. The East is the one division. The one the is the first one I look at where I think like that's where you get like the like five eight matchup in the final in the final in the lead eight. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's because and that's why I'm like. Or five seven, so like UConn, Colorado. Yeah, like I just feel like this is a t- these are teams that, like even Georgetown. Listen, I, I know I've been saying a lot about Georgetown this episode, but this is a team that takes pride on the defensive end of the floor and held right. Creighton to less than fifty points, and was perfect from the line in the Big East semifinal against Villanova. Perfect from the line, twenty one for twenty one. Dante Harris was cold blooded down the stretch. Um, and that's a team that can do really well, assuming that they take pride on the defensive end, like a Ewing team is supposed to. Like, there's no that is a region where Michigan State Saturday game, god damn it. I know. Uh, Michigan State, that's a team that can, if Tom Izzo gets his guys right in the head, that that's a team. Your Colorado Buffaloes, Pac 12, we mentioned McKinley, he could absolutely go off and propel a team to victory. The East is stacked for the most part and to me it's like a team like even unc even unc greenboro greensboro Mm -hmm. like they're like you know like they get past florida state who says they don't like win another game or two you know what i mean like eh, may have to disagree with you on that one well (laughs) hey you might want to pay attention because that might be north carolina's next coach west miller do you have do you have inside inside information on Roy Williams that you're not sure? I no 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 I'm not saying this year I'm just saying like no yeah yeah, yeah. they it's like I think that they're like because they love to UNC loves to hire guys from the the program like that they have something to do with it so like that's what I mean like Wes Miller he was a former player on the 05 national championship team mm-hmm. right or was the 09 one one of those two. Or Jared Haas, who played for Roy at Kansas, but was a UNC assistant for a while, who's now at Stanford. 
I mean, yeah, UNC definitely loves to hire like in-state or at least connected like alumni or former right. players, uh, which is why Roy Williams is still there. For people who don't remember, Roy Williams did go to Kansas for a few years uh, and took over that program. He played uh, at, you know, he played at UNC, was an assistant there. And was an assistant. If you need to know how long Roy Williams has been at UNC, he was there when Michael Jordan came into his freshman year mm-hmm. as an assistant coach. One and of the best took, scenes in the last dance, by he the took way. Over for, he took over for Larry Brown at Kansas in 90, 89. On probation, mind you, one of the four, not one, not two, not three, but four programs <laughs> that Larry Brown has managed to put on probation. But that never gets talked about somehow. Because uh, how are you, how are you going to hate like Larry Brown? To me, he's just a guy that's like, you can't hate him. You could dislike I mean, him. I, I, he's just too nice. He just looks too nice oh, to. Uh, talk to Jalen Rose about that, I think, and well, you'll find hey, out hey, why. Hey, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm not going to start digging through rabbit holes here. But I'm just saying, as a fan, I did. Larry Brown is a guy. Uh, he's, he's, to me, he's, he seems like an asshole. Uh, I think just Cinderella team right off the bat. Maryland. I think Maryland is a team that's getting overlooked in this region. There's enough talk about getting sandwiched I between. Patina. I don't trust more. I don't trust Mark Turgeon. He's an idiot. He is an idiot, but hey, he's not on the floor. He's not shooting the ball, so anything <laughs> could true. happen. Uh, so I think Maryland is a team that's getting overlooked in the East. Uh, I think this is a this is just like prime Jim Beheim situation to go on a run. Yes, I was thinking and, that. I was like, last time they were an 11 seed, they made it to the Final Four, and I'm like, oh. And yeah. now his son's their best player. I'm like, this is prime. <laughs> where i just had to have buddy Bayheim, buddy Bayheim bucket sir oh, oh my he... god it's my worst nightmare having to see jim ba- jim Bayheim crying like a little little bitch on the sidelines yelling at the refs just freak <laughs> oh, it is it is funny though seeing some of like the old 80s biggies like figures 80s and 90s biggies figures in this tournament Bayheim's still a Syracuse, go figure. Ewing has taken over Georgetown. Patino's at, yeah, Patino's at Iona. Like, it's just wild to me that some, like, the Big East. So, I think that Maryland is my Cinderella. I think I think Winthrop is a team that could really, really get overlooked. Well, they are getting overlooked, but I I believe that they can go on a significant run. This, hey, North Texas. They North- beat a really good Western Kentucky team with a kid – Charles named Charles Bassey, who was a former top 20 recruit, left and went to Western Kentucky. Mm-hmm. I forget where he started at. And then he went to Western Kentucky and they were the favorite. And North Texas beat them in the uh, Conference USA final to get that automatic bid. And, uh, you know, that was a really good Western Kentucky team. They were getting top 25 votes at one point. Their, their coach is Rick Stansberry, former Mississippi State coach. That does it all here. I think we've pretty much we're I'm picking Illinois as national champion. Are you picking Illinois as well as national champion at the moment? Gonzaga. Uh, we really oh, appreciate Marvin, it. Real quick, Marvin Hagler. You started off in the show. Yes. For people who don't understand boxing or don't own don't watch, do yourself a favor and look up the three round epic fight between Marvelous Marvin Hagler and Thomas the Hitman Hearns. It happened in April of 1985. It is an epic fight. It's phenomenal. Take your yeah. time, research it, go watch it, and you will understand why boxing is so much fun. <laughs> <laughs>
What's up, guys? Matt here. Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the podcast. Cannot do this without you. Make sure you're following us on all of our social media platforms and whatever podcast services you use to listen to the show. Uh, once again, cannot thank you guys enough and catch you on the next episode. Thanks.